Salespeople get a bad rap. Often we hear comments like, 53% of salespeople make their quota. The implication is that salespeople are poorly skilled. If that's true, who's really to blame? It must be the people in charge of the training, right? It's sales trainers and sales leaders who are failing, not the salespeople. When I look at the training I had as an assault trooper in the army, compared to how most sales training is done, it's no wonder. Maybe we should be training our sellers just like we train our soldiers. Welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. I'm Mark McGuinness, and thanks for listening. If you prefer to watch this one, it's available in snack size video with fantastic graphics over on my YouTube channel. Now let's get into it. Hi, I'm Mark Lunas. Today, I'm going to show you why we should be training our sales team in the same way that the Army trains their special forces. Now, you might think that's a little bit extreme, but let's jump straight in and I'll tell you why I think that's the case and how you could do it. Okay, let me give you some context. As many of you would know, I spent a few years in the Army as an assault trooper with the 2nd Cavalry Regiment. And what I'm suggesting is we take a leaf out of the way that the Army trains and train salespeople in the same way. Now, I've been doing this myself with our team over at Sales Development Australia, and we're getting great results. So I'm not saying that you should do something that I wouldn't do myself. In fact, this is exactly what we do now. So let's have a look at salespeople versus typical soldier training, and we can explore a little bit about what I mean. So the Army is very good at taking very normal people, so whether they be tall, skinny, smart, not so smart, it doesn't really matter what sort of people they are. And the Army's great at taking them taking those people and getting them to be good, successful soldiers in a very high percentage of cases. So a high percentage of the people that join the army uh, go through the basic training and they come out as a great soldier. Now, compare that with what happens with salespeople. So if we look at the data that comes our way from some of the big software companies, um, you know, some of the data says that less than 50% of salespeople expect to hit their sales targets every year. And every year we lose about 30% of salespeople out of the industry as they decide they're not being successful, they want to go and do something else. So the success figures we're getting here in the sales industry are much lower than the success figures that the army are able to get. So the question begs, what can we take from the army and apply that to sales training? So let's have a quick think about it. When we first start in the army, one of the very first things that we do when you join after they shave your hair and they give you some uniforms is they get you off to do the obstacle course. And the obstacle course typically has got a couple of main parts to it. And I'm sure you've seen them in the movies and you know what I'm talking about. But there's always the crawl under the barbed wire piece, okay? There's always the wall where you've got, you know, grab the rope and climb up over the wall. And then there's usually some balance beams. So, you know, you've got to balance across an elevated beam and walk across that at speed. Then, of course, the obstacle course is typically timed. So how long does it take you to get from the start through to the finish? So the thing with the obstacle course and the way that the army trains you is... On the first day, they send you through the obstacle course and you're just in your army greens uh, and that's it. And the barbed wire is nice and high, so you know, it could be 45, 50 centimetres high. And they let you go over the wall and there's lots of ropes there with knots in the ropes to help you get over the wall. And the plank that you have to balance along is only about 30 centimetres off the ground. It's really super easy. A couple of times a week during basic training, they take you through the obstacle course. And what they do is they slowly make it increasingly more difficult. 
So the barbed wire at 45 centimetres will slowly come down, 50 centimetres will slowly come down in height. Um, you know, they do things with the wall, like they remove the knots on the rope, so it becomes a little bit harder. And in the end, they end up removing the rope altogether, so you've just got the wall that you've got to jump over. In, in addition to that, they say you start to have to take your backpack through with you, then you have to take your webbing, then you have to take your rifle. And as we get towards the end of the course, in fact, in the last few days, you have to do an obstacle course challenge. And when I did it, this is what it looked like. It was in the dark, so it was, it was obviously night time. Um, they'd sprayed water throughout the entire obstacle course, so the whole thing was wet and slippery. They'd lowered the barbed wire so low that we couldn't get through there with our backpacks on. We had to take our backpacks and our webbing off. We had to put them in front of us and push us through with our, with our rifles so that we could stay underneath the barbed wire. They actually fired live machine gun rounds across the top of the barbed wire, so we got the same sound as if we were being fired at from real enemy. We got to the to the wall of course there was no no ropes at all we had all of that stuff so we had to throw the stuff over the wall and get somebody onto the wall they had to help us over and so you can see it, it was really really difficult what do you think would have happened if the army had just asked us to do the obstacle course in the same on the first day in that manner in the dark in the wet with the live rounds and that level of difficulty i'll tell you what would have happened very few of us would have been able to complete the obstacle course lots of us would have got scared our morale would have been terrible um, many of us would have failed and it's quite possible that someone would have stood up in the middle of the barbed wire and got shot by those live rounds being fired just, just through being so scared. Choking it down makes people feel like they're successful in those earlier parts of the process and that means that we can learn things faster and be more successful faster. Too many times I've seen salespeople and sales trainers give somebody a script and say okay let's go and make a call you know and not and I'll re that really frustrates me because when we're making it too hard for people to adopt new skills. When we teach the salespeople, we need to chunk it down into smaller pieces. Okay, Any sales trainer or any sales leader that says, okay, here's a script, let's jump on the phone together, is not doing the right thing. And sales trainers that do that, I've really got a problem with them. You know, they probably haven't made a phone call themselves in the last 10 years. They're just out-of-date dinosaurs teaching out-of-date techniques. A lot of you know I make um, cold calls every week in my business as sales development as a service as part of my le sales leadership role. So I know what the fear is like. I know what managing the technology is like while you're on the, f on the call. I experience the hang-ups and the nerves. I completely get it. So chunking it down is really important. And here's how you might be able to, you might be able to do that. This is the way that we do it at Sales Development Australia. Is we, we get them to call people to simply enroll them in a newsletter. So instead of trying to ask them to sign up for a meeting or, or to go through a complicated script, all we do is go, let's just pick up the phone, call somebody, see if we can get them interested in the newsletter. All right, really easy. Um, it's a super easy call to action. There's no downside if somebody says no. Um, it, it gives you the opportunity to get engaged in a conversation. And th there's no there's no scoring, you know, so pe people aren't, you know, feeling like they're, f they're failures or successes. It's really low friction. All you're asking the person to do on the phone is to get their permission to place them into a mailing list, which they should find for the content in the mailing list, they should find as valuable. After a few dozen calls, we then lower the barbed wire. So think about this as the equivalent of the obstacle course. We lower the barbed wire a little by asking our new recruits to manage an objection or to be prepared to manage an objection if someone says no. You know, we actually try and hold them in the call a little bit longer. So we slowly increase the level of difficulty. So we're making it more difficult or lowering the barbed wire. And we start as easy as we can. Eventually, it becomes just a super small step and a safe step as far as the new recruits are concerned for them to go to live prospecting phone calls on real live prospects. So when you're thinking about 
what's the best way for you personally to learn something or if you're thinking about what's the best way for me to be training our teams today try and remember this method right whether you're doing the training or you're um, being the person being trained how can I chunk this down to make it easy for myself to secure some early wins and feel good about what it is that I'm doing because we're going to do more of what we feel good about if you feel bad about something you're going to try and avoid it so how can I chunk it down to get some early wins and then grow on that so think about the barbed wire how can I slowly lower the barbed wire and increase the level of difficulty over time all right that's it for this session I'm Mark Reunis thanks for watching and listening and I'll catch you on the next one bye for now